Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with this message entitled, The Lord is Our Judge. Preach June the 23rd, 2012, at Sugar Pine Point, South Lake Tahoe. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 14. The Lord is our judge. Not you. In the church family, there are adults, children, and infants. All in the family. The weak and the strong are received into the kingdom of God the Father. For all in the family, Jesus Christ died and now he lives. For all in the family, the master of the family cares for daily. So St. Paul asks, what right you have to judge your brother? You are not your brother's judge, especially in non-essential adiaphora matters. Yes, there are Christ-delegated authorities to govern, parents and pastors and policemen. They must give an account to God of their faithful service. They must rule according to the word of God. But in matters indifferent, all are equals. Everyone must receive everyone else as we read in Colossians 3 and verse 11. Which reads, here there is no Greek or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. We are all brothers and sisters. So we are not to judge one another. The Lord's brother, St. James, says this, There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? James 4 and verse 12. We are to love one another as Jesus Christ loves his church. Jesus alone is the ultimate ruler of his church. He alone is the head of the church. We all must stand before the judgment seat of God, which is the judgment seat of Christ, as we read in John 5. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but he has entrusted all judgment to the Son that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. So let us love our brothers in the family. 
he uses the word brother five times in this chapter. And he emphasizes, therefore, the family of God. And Jesus Christ is our older brother. So we read in Romans 8, 29, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Hebrews 2, we read both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the congregation, presence of the congregation, I will sing your praise. So we are to conform to his likeness, the likeness of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ may be the firstborn among many brothers. We are being sanctified daily that we might be like Jesus Christ, our older brother, our Lord and Savior. So don't judge your brother. To his own master, we are told, he stands or falls. But his master is very capable. He is powerful to save him to the uttermost and make him stand on the last day. All God's children shall stand. None will be lost. Those who leave God's church are not God's people. Don't conclude they fell off. They were never God's people. God never saved them. In the 12 disciples, Jesus chose one was a devil. And Jesus deliberately chose him. And he died and went to his own place. What St. Paul said in 14.3, he says again in 14.10, rebuking again both weak and strong. The weak was judging the strong and the strong was despising the weak. It is the Lord's business, not our business, to condemn or despise. Don't play God. Wait for the judgment day when the judge of all the earth will judge in righteousness. The reason that we should not judge but we must wait is given in the latter part of 14 verse 10. And it reads, For all will stand before the judgment seat of God. All will stand. That is Jew and Gentile believers. Weak and strong believers. Also every unbeliever. Shall stand before God's throne of judgment. 
everyone who left God's holy church will stand before God's throne. No one will be able to escape this judgment. This is a very certain thing indeed. For God swears by himself because there is no one greater than himself. St. Paul quotes Isaiah 45 and verse 23 to support his teaching that all without exception will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. As surely as I live, says the Lord, he swears by himself. All swearing is not evil. There is spiritual swearing. As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will confess to God. Notice the emphasis. Everyone, we all, every knee, every tongue. Isaiah was speaking about the universal worship of the God of Israel. So we read in Isaiah 45, 21 and 22, two verses before the one that is quoted. Declare what is to be. Present it. Let them take counsel together. Who foretold this long ago? Who declared it from the distant past? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no God apart from me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none but me. Turn to me, all you ends of the earth, for I am God. And there is no other. Turn to me and be saved. Paul himself was brought before the judgment seat of Gallio, the Bema, in Corinth. He was brought before the judgment seat of Festus and Felix and others. Christ was brought to the judgment seat of Pilate. But who are Gallio, Festus and Pilate? They are God's delegated authorities. They themselves were unjust and corrupt. But every human being will be brought before God and his son. Before righteousness and perfection. This appearance is not, friends, optional. You'll be summoned and you shall appear. You cannot give an excuse and not appear. You must. The Greek word is day. You must appear. As we read in 2 Corinthians 5.10. There we read, For we must all appear before judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him 
for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. You cannot lie about anything. God knows everything. What we did, what we did not do, what we thought and what we did not think. So we read in the Bible, Romans 2 verse 16, this judgment will take place on the day when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ as my gospel declares. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. 139, the psalm says this, O Lord, you have searched me, you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. But this judgment, the Father's prerogative, is given to his Son. Everyone, therefore, must face Jesus Christ. He is God and he is Lord and he is the judge. He humbled himself in his incarnational life to accomplish our redemption by his obedience of his life and death of the cross. So we read Philippians 2 verse 9 through 11. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess by compulsion or by love. And what is the confession? That Jesus Christ is Lord. This confession was not stated in Isaiah 45, verse 23. But here the confession is given. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we read in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority is given in heaven and earth is given to me. All authority in heaven, in the entire universe, is given to Jesus Christ. Acts 17, verse 31, For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice 
by the man he has appointed, he has given proof of this to all men by raising this man, Jesus Christ, from the dead. St. Peter said in Acts 10 verse 42, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed us judge of the living and of the dead. In Matthew 25, 31 through 33 and 46, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then they will go away to eternal punishment and the righteous to eternal life. Revelation 20 verse 11, Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence. There was no place for them. Friends, what is written in the scripture will certainly be fulfilled. Have you bowed your knees in reverence to Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord, as the Egyptians were ordered by Pharaoh to bow their knees to Joseph? Genesis 41, 43 in the Hebrew text. Have you confessed with your tongue this confession? That Jesus Christ is Lord. Did you bow your knees to Jesus God's son. Whom he highly exalted. Have you confessed with your mouth this confession. If you have not done so. You dishonor the father by dishonoring his son. It is the father's will. That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father. If you have bowed your knees and confessed, then rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are saved forever to serve him with inexpressible joy. As believers, we will also appear before the judgment seat of Christ. But not that we be condemned, but to receive rewards for the good works of grace we have done. For the Bible says, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, that they have crossed from death. Unto life. But we will receive reward. Paul says in Ephesians 6 and verse 8. Because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does. Whether he is slave or free. 
In Ecclesiastes we read, now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Jesus Christ himself said, Matthew 16, verse 27, For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. Did you bring forth fruit as a result of your vital union of saving faith with Jesus Christ? Did you bring forth more fruit? Did you bring forth much fruit? That's the question. Did you live your life to the Lord's advantage? To curio. To the Lord's glory. Or did you do what you did for your own pleasure and fame and glory? Did you spend your time, talents and money for the gospel and for the singular purpose of the Lord's fame? Jesus lived for his father's glory in total obedience to him. Friends, St. Paul was pretty rich in his good works. For we read in 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle. Because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. It's a litotes. It means it was highly productive. It produced fruit, more fruit, and much fruit for the glory of God. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I but the grace of God that was with me. So he says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully, fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. What you do today for the glory of God in terms of your good work will be rewarded. He remembers everything. Even the, a cup of cold water that you gave to someone. Let us live daily, friends, in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ, that we may abound in good works, so that when we all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, we will have reason to rejoice greatly. 
He knows our every good work which we have done in his name for his glory. If you refuse to bow your knees to Jesus Christ, God's son, the father is against you. The son is against you. The Holy Ghost is against you. The holy angels are against you. The holy church is against you. Because we read that our God is a consuming fire. Also we read in Hebrews 10, anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished? Who has trampled the, the Son of God underfoot? Who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him? And who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge. I will repay and again the Lord will judge his people. And then we read, it's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And so we read, then they will go away to eternal punishment. But the righteous what to eternal life. And we read in Revelation 20, Then I saw a great white throne judgment. Great white throne and him who was seated on it. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Friends, the game is about to be over. All mocking will stop. All disobedience will stop. All dishonor will stop. The dread will grip you. Reality will hit you in the face. All lies will be swept away. You will face him alone before his judgment seat. He will condemn the wicked and cast the wicked away from his presence into the lake of fire. The wicked will go into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Friends, I tell you, this is the goal of history. Paul concludes about judgment in 1412. So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. So stop judging your brother in matters non-essential. Stop Blame shifting. He will judge also our motives. Examine yourselves. Second Corinthians 13 5. To see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. 
Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? All will stand, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess to God. Each one shall give an account, each gives an account of himself. Not about your brother. So Paul says, mind your own business. Judge yourselves, remove the beam from your own eyes. Love your brother, help your brother. Teach your brother that he may become strong and mature. Despising your brother, condemning your brother, is not living for God's glory. It is not done in the name of the Lord or something for which you can thank God. Remember that God's people for whom Christ lived, died, and came to life, God's people are to live the whole of their redeemed life in the service of God. So we read, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. Friends, Listen to the man sent to this church from China. Hard preaching produces soft hearts. And we do preach the word of God. The truth that we are sinners and God's wrath is upon us. That Christ died for our sins raised for our justification. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And we did. And we are saved. And we are saved. And so we live all of our life for God's glory. By way of application, you never leave God's holy church for non-essential reasons. The church is the family of God. So unity, love, and peace must, must prevail. All being brothers and sisters, we love one another, which is the new commandment Christ gave us. Love one another as I have loved you. Rejoice that you have bowed your knees to Jesus and confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord. You have done the one thing that is needful. Those who have not bowed the knees and confessed, confess now and be saved before it is too late. The final judgment, we will receive rewards for our good works. 
performed by grace and enter into everlasting life. But unbelievers will be sent to everlasting punishment. Delegated authorities, parents, pastors, and so on, are to judge in matters essential and use the power of the keys to admit or put out from God's holy church those who are wicked. And you must praise God that you are here. That you love God. Heavenly Father, we pray that you cause your people to love one another, to live in peace, to live in unity, because we read in Psalm 133, there the Lord bestows his blessing. Bless your people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.